Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got another special guest. I put out some feelers into our local community. I put some uh, advertisements up about our podcast, trying to find some guys who are doing business uh, near us. And this guy went to the same high school as Dakota and I. We have a lot of mutual friends. I don't think that we've ever met. Um, but excited to interview today, Josh Grange. He's the business owner of JN Tiling and Construction. So this is Josh Grange. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Super, super excited to actually uh, be here. Um, so I guess uh, I kind of follow your guys' leads my first time ever. So Yeah, no yeah. worries, man. We appreciate you coming on. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll just start off with uh, – uh, where did you grow up then? Did you grow up in Kendallville or where are you from? Yeah, so I, I actually grew up in Angola um, mm. and I, I lived there till sixth grade for me. Um, and then that was actually uh, middle school in Angola. I don't know. You guys, yeah, you guys would have been in that. I was in that cutoff. So Kendallville sixth grade was like uh, elementary. But anyway, uh, I went to, to Kendallville in seventh grade, moved there and just kind of, uh, Started living life. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I lived in I lived in uh, Angola for a little bit too. I lived in like uh, it was like you go down sixty nine, and then right when you get off, there's like a trailer park. That was where I grew up, like right off oh. the highway. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know where that's at. Uh, Angola Gardens, right? I I don't even know, yeah. dude. I don't remember, but it was like it was back when I was like I don't know eight or nine or whatever. Okay. I didn't even know this. So Dakota's <laughs> lived everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere around here, anyways. He's bounced around a lot. Yeah, that's true. I lived in. Uh, um, Auburn, Kendallville, Columbia City, Laud, which is a little bit outside of Columbia City, Angola. Dude, I moved all over the place, but all all in this area, we moved a lot. Okay. Parents were on drugs, you know. Yeah. No. They couldn't. They couldn't <laughs> pick a. They couldn't pick a spot to stay. Yeah. But, no, uh, I, I get that. I, I actually lived in um, uh, Angola Gardens too. I, I was like really, really young. I was probably like five or something. Yeah. So barely remember it but see we might have been there at the same time then yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i actually uh when we were talking before i actually found out that uh um josh did not go to east noble oh yeah yeah he, he didn't graduate he didn't mm -hmm. go to um high school except for what 30 days i went yeah so i went for 30 uh, days so i went to east noble yeah. for 30 days <laughs> right so um i and uh, i was in middle school at east noble though seventh and eighth grade uh but like in in high school i i, I guess like I, I wasn't really like uh, uh like this, this is weird like because like the common idea is that like in as a child or, or growing into adulthood that you have to go to high school right i always felt like i was an exception uh to like all rules which brought me down some rough paths you know yeah um but uh no i i just i just honestly was like man i like looking at my life kind of like the trajectory and I was like, I'm not happy with this. Like, this isn't this isn't this isn't what I want to do. Um, and I want to I want to earn money because like we we needed money. And uh, I always like didn't have anything I wanted or you know what I mean. And so I was like, I would rather be working and, and being able to kind of like have the stuff that I wanted. And so I kind of talked to my mom about it. And uh, 30 days in, uh, I was already in trouble. You know, like I already been suspended. So she was like, if you want to go work, you you can. Um, and so that's what I ended up doing. I ended up going working for a, a, a guy named Brian Hayes who did uh, like 
uh, he did a lot of different things. Like he had a farming business, not that I did that, but I, I did uh, like gas station canopy repair pretty much, like refurbishing gas station canopies. And uh, that's kind of how I got started into the trades at 16. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So did you, it, uh, when I was doing some research, it looked like maybe you had done a little bit of college. Did mm -hmm. you do some college courses or like, what did that look like? Did you get a degree and what did you go for? Why did you go? Yeah. So, um, so that like, I guess the whole, the whole story is that, um, I got into the trades at 16 and, um, I was traveling and, and that kind of sucked like, cause it's like never home. Right. But come home with like a big paycheck kind of thing, but, uh, you just like, you're never home. And so I, I knew for me, like I had to find a way to get out of that, like traveling and, and be able to be home. But I love construction. I love working hard. I love creating things and, and improving people's lives. And so I had to find a way to do that. Um, I actually ended up having a, a child at 18 and, um, I felt at the time, like I needed to be like really secure because now I have a child to support. And so I ended up taking a job at a factory for like, uh, nine to like 10 months. And dude, it was horrible. Like what factory, uh, it was called Western consolidated technologies. Mm. So I, uh, made rubber gaskets. <laughs> so it wasn't like super eventful, great people, great, uh, great culture. Um, <clears throat> the company was, uh, obviously like just like the factory is just like, um, like that life is just, dude, I don't know. It's like, it's like suffocating, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just, I would like wake up every day and I was like, I gotta get out of here. And, uh, so I was like, well, but when I was there, I was really productive trying to like, just like, how can I not be like this low tier employee that, you know, gets just kind of like viewed like this and, and actually make a living that I can, you know, kind of take a breath on, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. 12, 15 bucks an hour at the time would have been great, but I was making 11, you know? So, uh, I was kind of like, what do I do? And so I, anyways, that's how I got into the whole, the whole trying, uh, university was they ended up uh, wanting me to go to school to be an engineer, uh, for their company. And so I started uh, going to school <clears throat> before I negotiated. <laughs> now that don't do that. <laughs> that's what I found out. Don't, don't just take, uh, take the owner of the company, uh, at the word or at their word. Um, because I actually ended up going and, uh, I was under the impression that all the other people in, in the engineering department were getting their degree paid for because that was what I was told. And so when I ended up going, uh, that's not what ended up happening is I was like offered, like, they're like, well, we'll pay for like this, but like English doesn't apply. So like, we're not going to pay for that, like kind of thing. And I was like, like doing all the tally and I'm like, Hey, like you want me to be an engineer for your company, but you don't want to pay for the education. And, and, and that, that would be fine if I got to walk away with that degree. Right. But they wanted to keep me for nine years was the contract. Wow. And I was like, uh, I was like nine years is a long time. I don't know if I really want to like make that commitment. And so, uh, I still went because I enrolled, you know what I mean? But like, I just didn't feel like it was like the right route. And so, uh, I actually got into, uh, my, one of my friends, he did a lot of real estate, uh, ventures flips and sort. And so I, I was working with him from the time I was like, you know, like, you know, it'd have been like 17 kind of like, cause like when we would go out and build a canopy or whatever, we'd come back, um, for like a week or two, sometimes three, four weeks. And so I needed something to do and that kind of filled the gaps. Um, and so that's what I did. I, uh, I did 
uh, remodeling with him and learned a bunch of stuff about carpentry. Um, and uh, that's what I did in the meantime. And nice. that was kind of like like my out my outlet was was like I always felt like I had to build like more skills because like I was I knew that like the nine to five rat race kind of thing was like horrible. I, I actually it all kind of started like my perspective shift. Uh, was that like you ever heard of the esoteric agenda hmm. so like uh, it, it was this video that kind of went around and I mean esoteric is like uh, its own entity or whatever but um, the esoteric agenda I'm referring to is just about like how we're really just slaves you know um, we're modern day slaves but the the owners like people who got money right and so we're working for like something that's non-existent kind of thing and I'm like I gotta get out, I gotta get out of this like because I just felt like a cattle roaming around in a pasture, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought that, like, being a business owner was that route, but I knew I had to be develop my skills, and that was kind of where I got started. Gotcha. So do you feel like you're out of that uh, slave thing now that you're a business owner then? Well, so y- yes and, and no. So being a business owner is – I, I'm sure you guys know a lot more responsibility. Um, yeah. And so I feel a lot more responsible, but like having my calendar to control makes me feel a lot better, you know? Whereas like before I'm like <laughs> having to clock these hours to get a paycheck. Now it's like I, I get to negotiate, you know? And so that that that's huge for me to make me feel like more relieved and like I can actually live my life and do things. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. Yes, that's funny too, because Dakota just mentioned this a few times and I've been seeing it a lot. I've been watching a lot of David Goggins recently (laughs) and uh, Dakota was just talking about how it's different when you get to choose how you get to suffer. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to like run a marathon, like run 26 miles if somebody doesn't like have a gun to your head, like, hey, you're gonna run 26 miles. Like then it's like hell. Mm -hmm. But if you're choosing to run 26 miles, it's like, hey, I'm choosing to suffer because I told myself that I was gonna do this and I know that I'm capable and I know that I can do it. So that's, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I'm willing to, to suffer for the things that I want, but. Not necessarily if somebody's like, hey, I need you to work 12 hours or yeah. five days a week. <laughs> well, I always felt like I was like arbitrarily suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, to what end? Mm. <laughs> yeah. To no mm. end. Yeah. Like people, like, like what used to freak me out is like meeting like old guys who were like in their 70s and they're like, yep, I worked 80 hours a week my whole life. And I'm like, where's your mansion, dude? <laughs> right. Like, like you have no, you have not, you have nothing to show for it. Sure. And they, and they're, they have no like memories with their family. They're like, yeah, man, I really regret, you know, I picked up all the overtime, thought I was taking care of my family, but uh, I don't even know my kids and they don't want to know me kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, I can't be that guy. Like, I don't want that to be my existence. Yeah. 
Uh, whenever I think about like the suffering thing, an, an easier one to comprehend would be uh, like cold water. So a lot of people do cold water showers. I do that in the morning. I actually did this morning. Try to do that every morning. So like that's somewhere like you put yourself through suffering because there's a lot of benefits from it. But imagine if you don't have hot water because you can't pay the bill. That doesn't feel as good. Doesn't feel mm -hmm. as good as when you turn it on and <laughs> yeah. you're forcing yourself to do this certain thing. Imagine if you didn't have the means to do it. Now that whole cold water, now it feels like guilt because it feels like you, you're you choosing whether or not you want to do something. So it's interesting whenever you have the power or the skill set to do something and you choose not to, it does feel uh, different than if you're unable to do that thing. It's just a completely different mindset. Um, so yeah, that would be another example of something that you could choose to do instead of like have to do it. And it's completely different feeling. Something that Josh is talking about too, is just like having a, a vision or having faith in the future. Like if you don't have faith in where your life is going, then it's a lot harder. Like you need to know what, what your why is or like what your purpose is or have a goal or have like something that you're suffering towards or like an end. Well, you can continually move the end, you know, or, or shift your goals things change over time but knowing why you're doing something is kind of important too yeah i would uh always caution people though too because i think that there's people who are made for entrepreneurship and there's another thing called an entrepreneur so that's basically where you have very similar responsibilities as an entrepreneur but all the weight doesn't fall on you um so you're basically like the right hand man or you're like the ceo of a company or something like that and there's multi-billionaires that are entrepreneurs. So like not everybody's made out to be an entrepreneur, even though they might think that they are. Um, and whenever you don't like uh, have employees or anything like that, then realistically you're self-employed, which some people are more meant to do that because it's just as freeing um, because you still get to kind of pick and choose which ones you want to do. But there's, you know, entrepreneur is self-employed and then there's the entrepreneur, which I think it's okay if you are that person as well, because dude, like you said, it's a lot of pressure um, and I don't think people really understand the pressure that you feel as a business owner. You know, we think it sounds all freeing, but um, there's actually more pressure. So talk about how, how, what pressures you feel and then what you do to like, kind of like try to work through all that. Yeah. So I guess the, the pressures I feel are like, obviously like being an entrepreneur and having employees, like you have to be the leader. Like you have to be really, really good at leading. And so like for me, what I've found to be a good leader is to continually educate myself because I can't like continue to, to pour into people if I only know so much. And so right there, I mean, like you got to accept being an entrepreneur. You're always got to, you always have to be learning new things and implementing new strategies. And so like, that's like one of the biggest responsibilities as, as the leader, as the visionary shirt says is to to actually um integrate that in in integration you know you have to develop people's skills i mean and, and they're and continually change their perspectives and, and inspire them um and that's just like that's like one thing like i didn't realize i was going to be responsible for um was actually like the people who work with me um is leading them and and so that right there was kind of like it was overburdening overburdening at first and um quite honestly that was like i like so i i, I would say that like i failed but i failed forward right so and i i think that i think that all entrepreneurs are probably in a continual state of failing and failing forward or 
or just, you know, just you have hiccups in the road kind of deal. And so that was kind of like for me, like that was my biggest pressure was like I, f- I felt like this like huge responsibility for people who, who came to work for me or, or come to work for me to uh, to help them, I guess, have like a future. I know like like I guess I, I felt like when I worked at companies like I had no future and like I was there for like a very specific purpose. Um, but after that purpose was fulfilled each day, you go home and like no emotion kind of thing. Um, and I, I guess like for me, like I never wanted to cultivate that, you know, uh, in, in the people around me. And so I, I'm big on like helping people, you know, build them up. And but but what that what that means is like I find it hard to stop giving. Right. And, and actually give back to myself. And that that right there is probably my hardest struggle is um, like I like my family suffers sometimes because of it, you know, I suffer like, um, like I, I love, I love powerlifting. It's been uh, something I've done for like a couple of years now, three, four years now. Um, but like, I find myself doing it in waves instead of being consistent as like the, the crazy waves come in. I'm like, all right, like I gotta, I gotta stop doing this. Like, even though I love it and, and it really helps me feel like that, that inner peace, I gotta put it on the side to go like deal with all these problems. Um, and I'm like, I'm changing my mentality now. I like, I've, I've been in like that feast famine state. Uh, and, and I, I'm changing like my mentality cause I feel like I have like a scarcity mindset kind of, um, that I'm trying to change. And so, um, I don't think it really is that I think it's in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, like one big, uh, like psychological game being yeah. an entrepreneur. Well, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say is it, it always is, <clears throat> um, we always tell everybody, man, the biggest thing is your mindset. And like, that's what I think you realize as an entrepreneur is that you're always growing. Cause that's an interesting thing too. I was actually just talking to another uh, entrepreneur that dropped out of high school yesterday and he's running a freaking multi-million dollar company out in uh, um, Vegas in California now. Um, but something that we talked about was like, a lot of people think that you graduate high school and then you go to college and then you're done learning. You've made it, you're good. You go get your career. But as an entrepreneur and realistically, like everybody should realize that like life is continually learning and growing yourself. And it's not always about just making more money. It's about having deeper relationships. It's about how to manage your time. It's about how to have that mindset um, where you're still trying to fulfill your God-given potential, but at the same time, you know, not have so high of expectations that you're just freaking snapping on everybody around you and trying to figure out the whole balance of life uh, continue, I think is like, an ongoing process that a lot of people who graduate college or something think, cool, I'm good. So like, did you always have that mindset where you're like, man, I'm going to start learning or as soon as you like, you know, like left high school, did you just like start learning from there? Or did you just immediately go into like, okay, I got to make money. And then you found out later, okay, I should probably continue to learn. Give me, give me one second. See if you can remember that question. Cause I was just thinking, I just wanted to compliment Josh. Cause like everything he said, articulates the struggle of like being an entrepreneur so well. And uh, I just want to let you know that you're being like really a great guest. (laughs) I imagine like managing and leading contractors would be really difficult too. like they're some of the hardest people to manage. And uh, so I just wanted to say like, thanks for that. Like that two minute spiel that you just said, I was like, holy crap, just bam, 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 you hit everything. And then you came back to like one of our favorite things to talk about, which was mindset. So thank you for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was your question? So the question <laughs> is just, uh, how did you like, or in the beginning, did you just go immediately to like, okay, I got to make money. And then you later got into, okay, I need to continue to learn. Or did you say, okay, I got to like, since I'm leaving high school, I need to continue to grow and learn myself. Or like, how did that develop for you that you realize, okay, I need to learn, read books, grow my mindset. Like when did that shift happen? So you're talking about like the actual mindset shift. So for, for, for me, like, right when I left high school, I knew I had to develop something, but I didn't know what it was. And so I, for me, I thought like, I have to be really, really good at laboring. And so um, I, I knew that like the one thing I could control, I may not be like the most skilled guy on the job site, but like, I know I could outwork everybody else. Yep. And so that was like, my thought is like, like if, if they're like taking a break or whatever, um, like, a five minute smoke break or whatever i would i wouldn't stop working like and it was i was just racing them and uh i didn't realize that what i was doing was actually getting more time in and i, I was catching up on them you know and so when they would want to go home or whatever um i would hop back on another crew and I, I would rotate or something you know what i mean so i would work extra hours um and then when like when they would want to like be home hanging out whatever with their big checks i was like i gotta go do something right now to learn more um, and so I really focused on becoming like a very skilled laborer and um, that took me really far. It really did. Um, and I think that's a great way um, if you want to be like a subcontractor long term. Um, but for me, it's only happened in like the last, oh, I don't know, year, year and a half. Uh, my mindset <clears throat> from like wanting to be a, a, incredibly talented um you know or, or specialized tradesmen to um wanting to be a great leader and family man and and i see that being like a contractor as opposed to a subcontractor um that i can i get to control more variables um and also one of the variables is that i get to have more free time um and then also like i have a higher threshold of earning potential which tells me I have a longer term uh, free time, right? Yeah. So. I would say, uh, I mean, everything that you're saying is like, uh, is so interesting because I feel like you're like still going through the process, which is freaking awesome because I think you can help a lot of other people in this. Um, how did you shift then? Because like, you know, you said hard work and like you talked about these other people work 80 hours a week and do like we were like, I'm sure that you're brought up very similar. It's like, you know, the Kendaville, like, you know, just the Midwestern kind of way, dude, we work really hard and we're proud of our work. We're proud of working our butt off. We're proud of like freaking sweating and killing ourselves because we get a lot done and we accomplish it. So how did you figure out that? Okay. Like, yes, I'm getting a lot of notoriety. Yes, this is great. I feel good. I feel accomplished. I feel tired at the end of the day. I feel like I'm getting stuff done. Like, how do you create that shift where you're like, but this isn't what I want because most people never get to the point where they can get out of that. Mm -hmm. So how, what shifted for your, like, do you remember like what changed or how? Yeah. Um, somebody, somebody looked at me, um, <clears throat> and, uh, he said, <laughs> he said, now, this is, mind you, this isn't something I would say, but this is what he said. <laughs> he said, uh, you need to fucking grow up because you're stealing from your family. Wow. And uh, and he was, he was a really wealthy guy, and I'm like, 
like I really, really respected him for the wealth that he'd amassed. And uh, like, I, I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, I, I didn't understand at first. I was like, what, uh, like, I, I, like I, I am growing up, right? Like I, like, like I feel like at, 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 you know, 20 years old owning your own business and, and making, you know, a six figure income is pretty good, right? You know, yeah. but uh, I guess, I guess like that was like not true, right? Um, and, and I, I began to realize that like, I wasn't making a six figure income. I was, I was drawing in that. Right. But I was making like 20 grand a year or something. Um, and I was basically doing all this talented work for free. Um, and it was, it was really embarrassing for me. And then to like actually realize that I was stealing from my family and that, um, like that, that killed me, man. I was like, I was like, uh, I'm never home. I, I my my daughter, I, I see you know very very f- like few and far between. Um, I, like I don't even know uh, you know my fiance really anymore, and um, I just was like, you know, I don't have money for for any vacations. I don't have money for anything, and and um, like. I just felt like I was really, really failing. And uh, I didn't understand it. And like, I just, it, I became obsessed with like what he said. Um, and and I, I like, I pestered him and, uh, and pestered him and pestered him. Um, and, and the reason he said it was because he really cared about me is because, you know, he wanted me to have that paradigm shift where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm, I'm not doing anything great. Um, I'm just, I'm like choosing to believe this like false uh, illusion that I'm doing it all right, you know? Um, and so that was, that was like, like kind of where it all started. Um, well, well, dude, I guess you gotta say that I would say 95% of people in the same scenario in the same situation would instantly go to anger and not think about themselves internally. So like, that's crazy to me that you somehow did look internally because most people would be like, dude, I'm making this, I'm doing this, I'm working so hard. Like, I'm like, you don't even know, you know what I mean? But you actually went internal and actually like looked at, okay, is what he's saying true? Not about how do I feel about it? That's a, that's a difficult thing for people because we all have egos, man. Like we're all like, we all want to be this macho person that we don't want to look inside. We just like want to think that we got it all figured out, but realistically like that's the times that you can actually shift your life is when you really look at am i living the life that i want to live and i would say like 90 percent of us there's an area in our life that we want to change whether that's time with your daughter whether that's time with god whether that's time in your like making more money like no matter what it is there's usually somewhere that you want to shift it so to go internal man that's that's crazy that you actually did that like that's pretty cool yeah well i mean there was a lot of turmoil in my life. So, I mean, I was already looking inward. And uh, like I said, I mean, like, just like, I guess I I, I want to be a good dad. Like, you know what I mean? I, I want to be, not that my dad was a bad dad. He just wasn't around. And um, that was because he worked like, you know, 70, 80 hours a week or whatever. And, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't live with us. And so... Like, I guess for me, my children, uh, like, I always wanted to give them a better life. And, you know, I missed that, that the turmoil that I was kind of going through in, in, in my life at the time. 
I was already looking inwardly and, and trying to become a better person. Um, and I was even like looking at different things. Like I, I thought about like, maybe I should go to the military. Like, uh, I didn't really know why I was, I was just seeking out like different ideas for life, you know, just like, how can I, how can I like have a more fulfilled life? Um, cause I felt like I was unfulfilled. And so that was, that was it. Uh, I was just already looking inward. And when he said that, you know, being such a, a dear mentor, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of really, it, it, it stung. And, uh, I was angry at first, <laughs> you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you're like, Oh, thank you. I was like, next time I see that guy, <laughs> like not gonna, not gonna talk to him kind of thing. And, um, no, I, uh, I was really, uh, it, it just, I could tell that it was true, you know, I, cause obviously like he wouldn't say that for no reason. And, uh, I felt guilty, um, because I wasn't spending that time. And, and, uh, there were people that were, doing different, you know, that were spending time with their kids and, and had a fulfilled life. And, um, I just became obsessed with figuring out how I could do that. Yeah. I, I heard a quote, we actually just heard it the other day from, uh, Ed Milet. And he said, the most insidious form of neglect is you not living out your dreams, like for your child, like whenever they see that and you're not going after your passions, your dreams or anything, that's a form of neglect. Like whenever you're not doing the things because you're like, oh, I have to do it for the kid. I have to do it for the kid. And then you're just like not pursuing or not living out to your potential. But then you're telling them, hey, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. And eventually they're going to grow up and they're going to say, okay, why didn't you? And so they're going to see that. And then like that is a form of neglect that people don't really talk about. And so like, dude, kudos to you for actually going out there, finding out what you want to do, going and chasing your dream, because like now you get to be the example for your daughter that it's possible. It's possible no matter what anybody thinks, what anybody says, like you can go out there, you can get your dream, you can chase it and we're all in the pursuit of it. But yeah, I'm sure she's going to see that. And she's going to be proud. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. No. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and RE Simply has been the best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. How old is she, by the way? Uh, she's three. Three? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, well. <laughs> she's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Running around being, uh, uh, you know, terrorizing the dog right now. <laughs> That's what she does. That's awesome. What's your home life like? Are you still with her mom? Did that end up working out? Did you end up marrying the fiance that you were talking about? Or did that go, did that things change there? No. So uh, we actually are engaged um, and we plan to get married. Uh, but things have like kind of gotten crazy, um, with like, I think it was like two years, was it, it was two years ago now, COVID was like, uh, kind of changed things up for us. And, uh, then we just like never got back on track. And yeah. so it kind of like, it should take priority obviously. Um, and we wanted to be in a spot when we did do that, that we could take a honeymoon and, and kind of go travel. And so. Uh, financially, we are now in that spot, but 
Um, we want to, you know, we want to uh, have a wedding that's memorable too. And so that was another reason um, we kind of want to go to like Tennessee and rent like a cabin and, and kind of bring the whole family kind of thing. Yep. And uh, so that's, that's where we're trying to get to. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we're together. Uh, her name's Cassidy Crow. Uh, and uh, she's an amazing mom uh, and an amazing fiance. She uh, she really is the the glue in our family. That's awesome. What's the biggest lesson that you learned from having a daughter? <laughs> um, not to trust men. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, she she is always teaching me lessons. Um, probably though that like. She's going to follow my example. Um, anything I do, anything I say, she's like a mirror. And um, it, even like my habits, I notice like if, if I if I come home, I go to the fridge to grab, uh, you know, like, uh, like I don't drink. But like, let's say if I did go to grab a beer, like I know she would because I go to grab a, a soda, she would she would follow suit. And so that that like I've just kind of like seen that. And um, I just like know that I have to be like this, this stand-up example guy, and that's the lesson: is is that kids do what you do, and you gotta you gotta set the bar high, yeah, and then some. <laughs> yeah, something else that Ed Milet says. I've been like listening to him a lot lately, but he says things are caught, not taught, and that's especially true with children. They're gonna catch whatever you're doing. And the interesting thing is like, you know, you're already a leadership in your role as a business owner, but it's a whole nother level of leadership with your kids because like, you don't get to turn it off. You know what I mean? Like whenever you're in front of the guys, like you can turn it on, you can be like super hardworking or whatever. But then when you go home, you're like, all right, time to relax. You know what I mean? But you can't turn it off when you go home. So like, that's always the hard part for me. I don't have any kids yet, but I'm still like, I'm the example. Cause like, dude, I'm around these people all the time. I can't just like chill out or do whatever. Cause I'm the example. Same thing when I go home, like with my girlfriend, like I'm the example there. And like, you just want to chill, mm -hmm. but like, that's the time that you have to like be a hundred percent for them too. So like, how do you actually like, uh, like, do you ever think about that? Or like, um, like how do you deal with never being able to turn it off? Yeah, so I don't. I wouldn't say there's like a like real like solution that I've come up with. Um, just more like uh, when I do do something for myself, I'm very, very um, intentional, and so my phone like my phone gets shut off. Like I'm not taking calls. Um, my door, if I say, like, if I'm lifting weights or something at my shop, my door gets locked. I turn the music up. My phone gets turned off. Like I'm not like the world's shut out. That's Josh's time. And so I give myself that time. And, and when I want to go home and I want to have like, uh, like, a th like when I have a thought, like, like, dude, like, like for instance, I get home and, and uh, like, I, I feel like, you know, Cass wants me to, you know, start being a dad. It's like, like, dude, I just got done working all day. Like the last thing I want to do is come home to some more responsibilities. And, um, that's how I, I mean, that's how I feel. Right. But then like, I have to remember, like, look, that's why I took that time for me. So that way I can be here and, and give this time to you. Um, and, 
and obviously like my vision for my life is that I want to be a good dad, that I want to be a good uh, role model leader and, and uh, someday husband. And so um, I know that I have to do these things um, in order to do that. And so, uh, I mean, sometimes like, obviously uh, that like, like I'm not gonna lie and like say like, yeah, like sometimes I don't just like make her do like the diaper, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. uh, I try not to do that, you know what I mean? And, uh, or, you know, she does too. But then I just remember like, like, look, she's been here all day and she's had to deal with this and not got a break, you know? And so it's just remembering like how hard she's working and, and trying to, you know, be competitive, I guess. Do you guys have a, uh, so you talk a lot about vision in your company. Do you have a vision with like her on where you guys are going as a family or like where you guys are trying to go or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, we are actually, uh, we hired a, a visionary coach, um, and we are working together with him right now to kind of establish that. Um, we don't have like a, like wrote down uh, objective list, um, but we have always had like uh, a vague idea that like someday, like how, like how would we know we made it, right, to where we wanted to be, yep. um, is that we want to live somewhere tropical, um, and, and just kind of like have a lot of free time together. And so that's the like vision for our life, um, our family, right? Like, so that's not just me and her. That's like, what we want to experience with our children too. Um, and so like, that's the outline. Um, and we're kind of like filling in the nuts and the bolts right now with our coach. I like it. That's pretty cool. There's something I heard too, is like a tip, uh, from one of my friends was just to, when you first come home, like spend that first hour, like with your, your kid or your wife and just like give them that first hour when you first get home. And then it makes it a lot easier to, uh, go off. And, you know, if you have some responsibilities, then do the responsibilities, which is kind of backwards to what most people think. Like they want to get home, like relax and then like do the responsibilities later. But I found with my daughter, if I pick her up and I give her a lot of attention right when I first pick her up. It's like how she remembers me picking her up. It's like the most exciting moment for her. And so I usually do it the opposite way where I'm like, okay, when I first get her, like I'm going to spend as much time possible. And then if I had some emails or some texts or something that I need to respond to or figure out or answer back, then I'll, I'll do that after. But like that first hour is like, yeah, so and then think about what you're ingraining in her too is like hey you're my priority like i'm going to be there for you first and then i'm going to handle everything else like i'm here for you in this time so that is that is cool that is cool yeah no i i never thought about that. that's actually a great idea works for me <laughs> yeah i might have to give it a try um so how how do you get your business how do you market um, do you have any advice to people who want to get into contractor work? Yeah, so um, I, I market uh, basically through social media. What, what I found is that um, I guess that the loudest guy is probably going to be uh, the guy that gets called. So you just got to like, you know, and if you're not getting calls, like you got to find out like, uh, like, why for me uh, the reason I wasn't getting calls was because nobody knew who I was and so that's why I say you gotta be loud you know you gotta people got if they don't know who you are how are, how do you expect them 
to call you, right? And so um, social media is big. I, I try to post, uh, you know, at least once a day on Facebook. And then um, I, I, I try to make video content. And so right now we're moving from the subcontractor sta uh, stage to the contractor stage where we've like, we've had like a couple crews busy doing subcontract work for over a year. Um, and at this time, uh, I, I've been running a crew, but I'm actually on my last job uh, that I'll ever that I'll do um, at least for the company uh, for now. I mean, like I, I think like because I, I do love it, right? Um, and if it would be tempting in the future if I had like a like something just crazy for me not to go out and do it, it'd be really you know what I mean? It'd be really hard. So I'm struggling with that as far as like vision goes. But uh, kind of cycle, circle back here uh, to, to, to everything. The marketing piece that I use is signs. Um, and then just like good customer relations reviews. Reviews are big. I think you need to have like good reviews um, to build your brand and, and your trust, you know, with your clients. It looks like you specialize too, because you specifically said bathroom, basement, and kitchen contracting. Um, what are the benefits of specializing? And do you think that it helps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually, uh, I think niching down. Uh, yeah, you know, know who Alex Hermosi is? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I went to acquisition.com recently, and uh, I, I went through, like, the free training. And so I definitely align with what he's saying when he comes to, comes to niching down. Um, it, it gets, like, it's like, an, it's like an easier variable to control. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, by being an expert in a field, you – you have more authority on the subject. And so people trust you because you specialize. Yep. Um, and so bathroom, basement, and, and kitchen, or home remodeling, we're just gonna be bathroom remodelers coming up pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna just really niche down um, and try to own that space. Nice. You're gonna be loud by just being like, "Do you hate where you poop?" <laughs> that's actually that's the whole marketing campaign. That's crazy. It's like it's like you read the it's like you read the script or something. <laughs> yeah, I say I remember Grant Cardone. He said at the uh, one of his events, he's like, "Man, obscurity is your biggest thing. Like your biggest uh, bottleneck or your biggest struggle is like people don't know who you are. They can't do business with you if they don't know you. So it's funny how you say all this stuff. You just say it a different way." Um, then but, these but other your, people. your biggest enemy, man. Obscurity <laughs> is your biggest enemy. Yeah, but it's crazy, man. I hope that uh, people aren't missing it because I think you're dropping a lot of knowledge here with like uh, with how you're going about everything. I think you're doing everything like the right way and like you're trying to grow things in the right way that I, I like I already know you're going to be extremely successful because you're doing the right things. Yeah, you're just saying it a little bit different than how all these other mainstream people say it, but like your mindset, I think, is like extremely strong. So yeah, just keep growing that. And well, well thank you, I appreciate that. I I want to be honest here and just say like, this isn't just like this isn't like all something that like I came up with. Right. Right. No question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I read a lot of books. Yep. Um, now it, that was actually something you asked me. Did I read did I read any books? Was that you mm -hmm. or did you ask that? I don't know. At the, at the beginning, somebody asked that um, if I'd ever read any business books or something like that. Sure. Um, that's actually I like. It was I was probably 2017. Um, I I got a Audible app, yep. and I used to listen to like a book every two days or something. You know what I mean? So I I, I heard a lot, um, 
and then it was just like implementing that. And then um, I got into, it's crazy. I, I actually hired a personal trainer um, and I got to experience what it was like to be coached. And when I experienced that and I saw like my progress um, just like spike and I, and I always, I was always like really fit. Like I, when I actually joined him, I had like a, a six pack, I was shredded. Like, I, you know, I was like, I was like calibered out at like 7% body fat. Like I was not, I didn't feel like I needed more, but um, I did want to get muscular and jacked. I'd never been like jacked, you know what I mean? Yep. And so uh, I was like, I hired him to do that um, and Dude, I got, I like put on 20 pounds over like a year and Jeez. was like calibered out at seven, three. So I was like, I was like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but that progress I was able to make in a year by just hiring him. Uh, and then I came across a business coach uh, and then uh, like, I, and then like a sales and marketing coach. And so I decided that like I was gonna pay for him and, and I, I, I paid for some people who really sucked. Um, but then I also paid for some people who like had like some great things to say and while they weren't increasing my revenue they were increasing my knowledge bank and um, a couple times I felt like you know like $300 a month like at that time was a lot of money to me and I was like I got like like I, I it's just so much money like I, I wanted to drop them but then I heard Grant Cardone say something that kind of like changed my uh my life is, is he was like, or not my life, but like my mentality on that was, he was like, uh, somebody asked him at like an interview, they're like, you know, how, how much, uh, or like if, if you only have like $50, what should you invest in? And he's like, man, he's like, you only have $50. He's like, what are you talking about investing? He's like, you need to go out and you need to invest in yourself. He's like, don't, if you got $50 in the bank, he said, don't, he said, you got to go buy gas with that, you know? He's like, you gotta, you gotta go out and you gotta, you gotta invest in yourself and, and educate yourself. Go buy a book. That's what he said. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, man, I was like, that's, that's right. Like that's, that's what I gotta do. And so, um, I was like, all right, you know, $300 a month is, is probably well spent if I'm retaining it. Um, and then that's when I was like, I gotta be like really implementing this stuff so that way I can see the fastest ROI possible. And so I was just like, implement, implement, implement. <laughs> yeah, I say it's interesting how like, uh, I don't know, I feel like the perception of like, whenever we first started the podcast, I thought your perception of people with money was different than what it actually is now. Because like, that's something that I've noticed a lot is that people who have a poor mindset are very uh, upset with people who have money. But then like a lot of times the people who have money have just listened to a lot of books, shifted their mindset and thought differently. And that is literally like 95% of it. Obviously you have to implement it, but uh, there's a great book. I'm sure you've probably already read it based on all the books that you've read, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. um, but like that book just shifts your mindset and like all of these little things, like you've just done them year after year after year after year to where like, it's like, it's almost like playing a sport. You're practicing every single day. You're going to get better at it. It doesn't matter what, what you're in. You could have a company in landscaping. It could be construction. You could go buy a dealership. It could be in anything because you have the mindset for it and you've prepared for it and you have a way that you're going to overcome these things. And so that's what I think that a lot of people uh, struggle with is they think that like 
the wealthy people just like either get lucky or they get it handed to them or like something. But really it is a mindset shift, which I know nobody wants to hear, but I promise you it is a mindset shift. What's yeah. funny too, is you brought up Grant Cardone. I think he said to invest a hundred thousand dollars in yourself. Yeah. And so like, that's your education money. I was like, he said, even if you got 10 grand in the bank, he's like, man, you're broke. <laughs> he's like, you got 50 grand in the bank. Man, you're broke. Invest in yourself. Invest in coaching. Invest it. Don't go buy a $50,000 house. Invest in yourself. I don't know if I agree with that 100%. I would say invest at least $10,000 in yourself, at least. And every single time that we've ever done it, it's paid back tenfold. And so, like, how much do you think that you've actually earned from your coaching? So let's say you spent however much you spent. How much do you think it's actually helped you make? And then talk about all the different times that you've got coaching and what it's actually helped you to accomplish. Okay. Yeah, so uh, right off the bat, uh, I told you I was, like, pulling in hundred grand a year making twenty, right? Um, I invested in that $300 a month coaching, which was sales and um, – uh, sales oriented, but they taught you how to like understand actual business costs too, which was part of sales, right? So you need to know your numbers. And mm -hmm. that was like a big thing for me. And um, that was like where it all started. I knew that I needed to charge more for what I was doing. So $300 times what, like probably 10 months I was in that group. So about three grand. Um, and I think there was like a three, three, three thousand down or something, 3,500 down or something. So at like six, like 6,500 bucks, yep. um, I went from pulling in about a hundred G's and making 20 to buying a new truck within three months, um, like $10,000 truck, um, new trailer, like a $10,000 trailer. And then I got to a whole new outfitted tools. Now I say like, that was my money. Right. But like, um, like the hundred grand was like materials, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then the 20 was for me. And then I had my same Harbor freight tool, <laughs> you know? Yep. So I was like, oh man, I'm getting outfitted in DeWalt. Like I'm getting, you know what I mean? I'm getting like some real tools. Like I actually have money to go buy tires for my truck. I don't have to go to the, to, uh, like hillbilly tire and Corona. You know what I mean? yep. <laughs> so, um, that was like, that was, uh, ROI that year we did, uh, to 25 ish to 23 and um i actually just couldn't fulfill i had sold 320 that year so 320,000. so it was like triple right and then i made quite a bit more so yeah wow so you more than doubled it basically yeah and it, it with for 6500 bucks yeah yeah but i will say i saw many people drop out many people quit many people uh just you know in that group because it was a community of 250 people to 220 i think when i left and uh a lot a lot of people um dropped out of the group and were like i didn't get anything from it i didn't get anything from it um i think that you have to like if you do the coaching like you can't just like pay the money because i saw a lot of people would pay the money and they're like look i paid you the money i need you to i need you to fix me like mm. it's like like, dude, like you got to fix yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They can give you the tools. Yeah. They give you the tools. Exactly. Like you can't like go buy like, you know, a, a drill and then throw it at your door and wonder why, <laughs> you know, yeah. your door handle didn't get changed. Right. You know? So is there any other difference that you can think of between like you and them other than just like, you know, their mentality, obviously, was there anything else that you saw? Oh, it, I mean, like mindset was big is the world owed them, right? Like they felt like the world owed them. Um, and they were just upset because they felt 
like you, you touched on it and you said that uh, they feel like or some people feel like rich people are rich. I mean, some people I felt this way most of my life, like because I didn't I didn't grow up fortunate enough to, you know, be in a, a rich family, uh, which I, I believe now I was more fortunate because of that. But anyway, to get back to it. Um, I, I think that 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 shift right there in mindset to just like uh, choose to try and comprehend why that person is where he's at, you know, and not just say like things like that, that, uh, like that guy's driving this nice truck, you know, he probably inherited or something like that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's kind of my thought on it. What, uh, what books, seminars, coaching masterminds would you recommend or like, which ones did you get the biggest bang for your buck? If you were going to give somebody who wanted to get into entrepreneurship or personal development, there's like three or four like seminars, coaching books, that sort of thing. What, mm. what which ones would you recommend? Um, for me, me, um, I had a really great credit score. And when I started my business, I utilized that as a tool poorly. And then I had to figure out how to, you know, live a life with shitty credit. And that was hard. Um, and so the richest man in Babylon was a great book to help me get out of debt. You guys read that book? Yeah. Great book. Yeah. I read that one. I didn't get as much out of it actually as everybody said. I don't, I didn't understand it, I guess, or I, maybe I just need to read it again. Cause I read it. I was like, I don't get why this was like so, uh, so popular. Well, Dakota had good credit. Too. I don't think Dakota's <laughs> ever had bad credit, so maybe that's a bad credit book, you know? <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, I just, it just, it, I had a bad relationship with money. Were you frugal? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was not, I was frugal until I had money rolling in uh, at a larger capacity than I did previously, and I was like, spend. <laughs> oh, gotcha. And yeah. so, like, that book's like, invest your money. Uh, it, 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 like, breaks it down. It's like 10% uh, is, you should be you know, saving no matter what. And 20%, you know, if you have debt, you should be paying off. Gotcha. And, and like, so that like, it was just like the formula. Yeah, it was a guide. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. a guide. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. I like it. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe that's why I didn't. I don't listen to stuff like that just because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, screw it. I like invest like, I would say probably 80% of my money. And then like the other 20% I just live off of. And like, I don't really, I don't know. I just don't care to spend a lot of money, I guess. Like I'm not interested in the same things that everybody else are interested in at this point because i think about the long term like either benefits or negatives about it is like man like i'm pushing towards step one is becoming free i'm not even free yet so i'm not going to worry about the lambo and all this other stuff like let's get free first and then we'll worry about like the the you know the luxuries of life but until i even get to that point i'm worried about step one you know it's what's funny too is like if you if you ever wanted a Lamborghini or Ferrari, there's really nothing wrong with it or like a lavish house and that sort of thing. I think I just saw a, a Gary Vee video where somebody came up to him and they were like, so I, t I earn all this money and then I go to, you know, this country where my money's worth a lot and then we live like kings and then we come back and I kind of like lose the, like I, I lose the motivation or I lose the ambition or I lose the whatever. And he's like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And Gary Vee was just like, I don't have to live like a king. And then the guy started to say something. He's like, no, that's it. <laughs> that's it like I don't have to live like a king so I can like infinitely I'm not motivated by that like getting the things 
So for an infinite amount of time, I can continue to do what I love, which Gary loves working and building businesses and creating content, that sort of thing. Well, I, I think that's a big thing too, is that um, w- like, I feel like we're sort of made to believe by like, just like anywhere from like music um, to like, just like what we, we experience content wise daily that we have to live like kings to have to be successful. Um, and what I've come to uh, understand and it's brought me a lot of inner peace is that success is how you define it. it doesn't, it's not how somebody else defines it. I mean, if you define it as a Lambo, fine. Uh, but maybe that's not true. Like in for, I mean, for me, like I, I think that a Lamborghini is cool. Like, right. Like it can go zero to 60 really fast and it looks cool, but you know, what value does that really provide for my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that, like, I, I get to go live like a king. You said that, right? I get that Gary, what was it, Gary? Gary V was interviewing somebody who said that. Oh, okay. So, um, so getting to go live like a king, like that's how that guy thinks success looks as being a king. For me, I, I think that like, my daughter respecting me and, and loving me and, and coming to me in her hard moments in life and, and my, my fiance and my mother, my brother, my family, that's, that's success for me, um, is being able to, to spend that time with them. And then also, uh, actually being involved in their lives. I think that that's like way more successful. Yeah. I say it's interesting how like different, uh, aspects of your life will have you think that success is something different. Um, so Grant Cardone, I remember in an interview a lot or with him and MLA, he kept talking and arguing about it a lot. And he had an event that happened in his life where his mom or his dad died and his mom did not have time to grieve. You know, like you said, in the hardest moments, his mom had nobody to go to and she had to go snap right into how am I going to solve this problem? The, the money's not there. So now she goes into scarcity mode and like has to work and she can't even grieve or feel sad or anything. And uh, yeah, I think that's an important thing that people don't realize, like, man, if you've got a job and you're working, you know, 60 hours a week and like something happens to somebody, guess what? You still got to go to work. You still have to do these things. There's something for people to think about is like, man, like, where are you working? Where are you spending your time? And do these people actually care about you? Because like in those hard times, are you going to be able to like actually go through that process? Or is the person like your boss or whoever going to be there to actually help you? And like, you know, just what are you going to experience in that time? is something that I just think that uh, a lot of people should think about and like what success really is for them is like you said, that's the thing that they need to ask themselves. Like for me, it's not a Lambo yet and it might be in the future, but right now it's freedom. Freedom is number one. If I can become free, 100% free, I will feel successful. Mm -hmm. Like where I can now choose whether or not I wanna come in or not. I don't get to choose right now, like I gotta come in here or I feel like it might fall apart. So I don't get the choice yet. Once I get the choice, I'll be like, dang, like, I feel like I've made it now. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my definition as of right now. Obviously, dude, the interesting thing, too, is it's always shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always changing. Like, yours might, like, transform into something different later, which is cool because you're becoming a different person and your definition of success could expand. And now you're like, now... I don't want to just be that for my mother or my daughter or my sister. I want to be that for a huge group of people. I want to be that for my city. I want to be that for, you know, whatever. And it might not even go that big, but it could where you want to be like, you want to create a group now where you have a 
bigger community where you get to help other people go through similar problems or maybe you specialize in contractors you're like man i know what the struggles of what contractors go through i want to be there for them and help them get to the next level help them start a business or whatever so like it can expand uh as time goes on which is a pretty cool thing too yeah i i think that i want to keep for me i want to keep my scalability open um and my goal is to be financially free, uh, to be free of the rat race. Um, that's, I think that was my goal when I watched that video at 16. Yeah. Was uh, to be financially free and, and actually live life. I think that the, the way that things are set up, I, I wouldn't like re- try to renegotiate. Um, I think I'm, I'm glad that where I was born, that we have the freedoms we do to accomplish what we can. Uh, but, um, I think that like it's probably not like an ideal um, situation, I guess, for like human psyche. <laughs> yeah, like society's not currently set up for that. So we'll get into uh, an ending question here. It's something that we ask everybody who comes on our podcast, and uh, we're gonna say that you're gonna live until ninety. Mm. So sixty-five years from now, you're gonna die. You have a legacy. Uh, a message to the world. It could be a billboard, a paragraph, a mantra, an idea, uh, something that's like your message for people. What is your message? To really elaborate that is uh, in like a few seconds is, uh, you know, the most profound statement of my life is, kind of difficult but if I if I had to uh, say um, I think about my mortality a lot daily really and when I consider that it's my last moment like I want to consider death dying um, and it's if it was my very last moment um, and like I know I'm dying. I think about all that I, like I would think about all that I had done and I wanna know two things. That, I, that I'm proud of the life that I lived and that I tried my hardest. And I think uh, that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. I like it. Well, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they need their bathroom? If they want to, they hate the place where they poop. <laughs> <laughs> they need a, a a nicer bathroom, an awesome bath. Some of the stuff that you you guys do is super aesthetic too. I mean, you specialize in tiling, and it looks really good. Thank you. Um, so they want a high end bathroom, mm-hmm. good quality. Uh, where can they find you, and how can they get a hold of you? Uh, so you can find us at jntilingconstruction.com. Um, and you can check us out on Facebook at jntilingconstruction um, or just Google it. You'll find us. Nice. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners before we hop off? Uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, to everybody, um, if if you are struggling as a, a contractor or just trying to, um, you know, get out of that nine to five um, that truly education um, and not like college per se but like specialized training 
um, is important and uh, you need to fill your pipeline first. So you need to market and sell before you ever try to fulfill a lot. You need a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you're going to feast and famine your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Like it. Cool. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Josh, for coming on. We appreciate you. See you guys on the next one.